0: Welcome to the Bread of Life, a listener supported program of Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about CPE, go to breadoflifeboise.org. It is another good day to go to the word of God and there look to Jesus Christ as our only savior and our complete sufficiency in all things. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hugen. The Bible teaches in Revelation chapter 20 of a coming 1000-year reign of Christ upon the earth. Today, we consider some of the hallmarks of that reign. And we note first that it is a long season of spiritual revival. History has given the church high-water marks of revival where the tide of blessing has come in upon God's people for a year or two before it recedes. But in the millennium, the tide of revival will come in and remain upon us for 1,000 years. The Second Great Awakening that took place in the middle 1800s there's a recording of a movement that actually started in Boston in a prayer meeting and it began to sweep through America and eventually it brought its effects over to England and onto the continent. A great movement, a revival movement that took place and out of it some of the benefits we are to a large extent living on the fumes of that great work of God that took place in the middle 1800s. Orr tells the story of an event that took place in Kalamazoo, Michigan. People of Kalamazoo and the churches of Kalamazoo heard that God was doing something and there seemed to be the expectation that God would do a great work among them. And so the Baptists and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Congregationalists and the other churches in the city called for a united prayer meeting. And they gathered together for that first prayer meeting, and they didn't know exactly what to do. They actually, as they gathered together, had sent out a message that the prayer meeting would take place on a certain day, and they began to collect prayer requests from different people, not knowing where this would go, what would take place. It seems that the very first prayer request was read like this. A praying wife requests prayers of this meeting for her unconverted husband. Immediately a man stood up and said, I'm that man. I have a praying wife, and this request must be for me. I want you to pray for me. And as soon as he said it, another man stood up, as if he hadn't even heard what the other man had said. He said, My wife is a praying wife, and she prays for me, and I'm not a converted man. She's praying for me. Would you pray for me as well? And as soon as he had finished it, another man stood up, as if he hadn't heard the other two speak, and said, I'm the man, and my wife is praying for me, and I need to be converted. And seven men in total, one after the other, popped up saying, It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. And on that day, a great movement of repentance came to Kalamazoo, Michigan. And within a couple days, over 500 people had repented of their sins and turned in faith to Jesus Christ. It's repentance. It's the movement of God reviving His church, reviving His people, calling men to Himself as He manifests His presence. And that's how this great revival of a thousand years will begin. A great day of national repentance that will sweep in all the nation of Israel alive at that time, broken before the feet of the pierced Savior. And with it then all the nations coming to Him in repentance as well. And how we need some of the fresh rains and first fruits of that repentance and revival today. How we would need a generation that's 20 years old and 30 years old, but tired of evangelicalism as they've seen it this last century. Tired of all the pumped up worship. Tired of all the God thing conversations. Tired of trumped up enthusiasm. But knowing deep inside they've never encountered the presence of the holy living God and cried out in fear and surrender before Him. Repentance. This repentance is a forebearer of something. It's the forebearer of an evangelistic awakening in which people turn to the good news and are converted to Christ. And the millennium will be marked by this turning as well. Souls will come to the Lord Jesus not simply because he is ruling with a rod of iron, they will come to him not simply seeking their king, but they will come to him seeking their savior. Look at Zechariah again. We read it this morning as our scripture reading. Zechariah chapter 8, verses 20 through 23. It's the last part of verse 20. Peoples shall yet come, inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us continue to go and pray before the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come and seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Great turning. number of years ago, I had my first experience doing evangelistic work overseas. It was in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and it was a tremendously powerful experience. And I came back, and about nine months later, I went back to do another project in the city of Medina, Mexico. I convinced a friend to go with me to experience it as well. I thought maybe the two of us could explore whether this might be a calling of God upon our lives. That man was a man by the name of Charles Cook, He's the one who co-authored the book, Pathway to the Soul, with me just a year ago. And through our experience in Medellin, Mexico, we decided to give our lives to this. And we started a ministry called Church Partnership Evangelism. When we went to Medellin, Mexico, the thought that was in my mind was, was what I saw in Honduras legitimate? Was I just excited about being in a new place? Was I not reading things properly? Maybe things didn't happen that I thought happened. Maybe it wasn't true. Maybe it was false. Was this really real? Because it seemed like a dream. It had been nine months, but it already seemed like a dream. Well, I went out into a little community that we were working in, Medida. I had a translator. I, someday I'd love to tell you the whole story of my experience in Medida, one of the most ex- wonderful experiences of my life. But on one occasion, about the middle of the week that we were there, I was in the home of a woman. We were actually going in this occasion just door to door, my translator actually became a person that I led to Christ in the very first day. And he became my translator. We were going door to door around his neighborhood We're with a young woman and a young mother and uh, she prayed to give her life to Jesus Christ and she was quite excited. But, you know, you can't always tell. You can't always tell what people are thinking or what their emotional mindset is or whether you're communicating well. You're speaking to a translator, so what do you know? Well, after it was over with we had a schedule to be across on the other side of city for an event and we had to leave. The day was coming to an end and we wanted to catch a ride on a bus. There was a city bus we needed to get onto before it was too late. Otherwise, we'd have to get a taxi and it was going to cost us a lot more money and I didn't have that much money in my pocket in those days. And so we ended in that home and we went back to the center of this community where the buses were running and we were in a bit of a hurry. We got to where the buses were just before the bus was coming up. We could actually see it coming towards us. And all of a sudden, we looked down the street where we had just come, and we saw a man running at us and calling out at the top of his voice. When he got to us, he grabbed hold of my arm, my sleeve, and he began to pull me down the street back towards where we had just come, rather forcefully. I was asking my translator, obviously, what's going on, what's going on? And the translator said, he tells us that his neighbor has come and told her that you've told him how God can grant her, her everlasting life through his son, Jesus Christ, and he wants to know the same thing for himself. And he had heard that we were in the community and he had seen us enter into her home and he had, with preparing his house for us to come after we had been to her home and then he saw that we weren't coming but leaving and he couldn't wait another day. We had to come that day, that evening, thou to his home and he kept pulling on us and eventually I tried to explain that I had a bus to catch, but he had something else that he wanted to catch, right? He wanted to get on a different ride altogether. And he literally pulled me, holding onto my arm, wouldn't let go of it until I walked all the way back with him to his home. When I got there, his wife had already gone and retrieved five of their neighbors. They sat us down in a chair. They hovered over us. We shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's Son who came and lived a perfect life and died for their sins. And if they would repent and turn to Him, He would wash them and cleanse them and cover them with His righteousness, forgive them of all their sins reconcile them in an unending relationship with them grant them everlasting life as we spoke their tears were literally dropping on us and God was showing us that he was in this thing he was working it was a a flash Upon the scene of my own experience, and not every experience has been like that. And every country I've gone to has been like that. In fact, it's one of the high points in my ministry throughout my life, and I go back to the story often to remember how it all began—a scene in history of what one day will sweep over all the earth. Lives turning to the Savior. Oh, let me be right with Him. Oh, let my heart be found by Him. Oh, let him change me. Oh, that I might know him and his salvation and his life and him as Savior and him as all in all. The day is coming. Another thing that will be marked by this thousand year period of time is a deep knowing of God and rich experiential relationship. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 says that in those days the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You see there? God cannot have more glory than He already has, but we can have more of that glory. The world can have more of that knowledge of the glory which far exceeds all that they've ever accumulated to this point in time. Thus far the knowledge has been scant and fleeting, but such a deep glorious expression of the knowing of God is coming to time. It's coming to earth. It's coming to history. It's coming to a house near you, just around the corner. It's coming. God is coming to express Himself in this way. One thousand years of the outpoured knowledge of the glory of God, like the waters of the sea covering the earth. It's coming. Here's another thing that will take place during that time there will be from the people of God on the earth a profound, sustained expression of Christ-like holiness poured out from our lives. Would you like that? You know, you do well some days. You don't do so well another day. A thousand years upon the earth in time. Go to Ezekiel chapter 36. Let me read to you verses 25-29. Ezekiel 36 verses 25-29. to God says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. Go and read the passage, folks. It's talking about what God is going to do in the last days in this millennial reign. It's His promise of what He will perform beginning with the nation of Israel. At this point in time, He says, there's going to be no more performances. There's going to be no more hypocrisy. No more righteous causes that you chase after in order to conceal somehow the ongoing unrighteousness in your life. No more things that you can root for as a self-righteous covering for your failures and your sin. No, there is going to be deep, real, daily, hourly conformity to my will and my purposes. Christ is going to be covering you and radiating out from you in holiness. There will be no one left to impress. Only what will be left is to have impressed upon you the life, the holy life of our Savior. No more seeking the favor of people, but instead favoring all people with the outpouring and spring of Christ in His Spirit flooding out through us by our words and by our actions and by our thoughts and by our intentions. Holiness. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Mission Church Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To learn more, to get a copy of this message, To support our ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.